We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Julio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard on this Friday evening. We'll get back to all the conversation about Andy Reid. And if this means more, going up against Reid, and I believe a game that could determine who won this divorce, Eagles or the Chiefs, um, coming up a week from Sunday. I can't wait. Headed out to Phoenix on Sunday. I'll be there for the shows next week on Radio Row. And we'll be talking a lot about this game, this matchup. So we thought, you know what, let's bring on someone who knows a lot about this game and specifically this matchup and the Chiefs side of it because this is a worthy opponent. I mean, look, the Niners, they were not. They turned out to be not because we know the quarterback injuries. Yeah, the other side, this is Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback of a generation. Let's talk to Jay Binkley from 610 Sports Radio, and he's the host of the Chiefs postgame show. Excited to get a, a perspective here from Kansas City. Jay joins us right now on the guest line. Jay, how you doing tonight? Hey, great, my friend. How you doing? Ah, uh, doing well, and uh, looking forward to next Sunday. So, Jay, set the scene for us. What what is the uh, the feeling in Kansas City uh, right, right now? It, it's a lot of confidence in Philadelphia. The Eagles are the favorite in the game, although it's obviously very small. Uh, but they've played their best in the postseason on defense, and and people here are feeling pretty good. What what's the feeling in Kansas City right now about this matchup? You know, I think they're very excited about being there. I mean, I, clearly they wish everybody you know, was healthy and kind of had, you know, a fair fight in the situation. But, uh, you know, they're getting used to it. This is down three times in the last four years. Uh, they're excited about going. As far as being the underdog, um, I think the Chiefs kind of like that. Um, they're usually the favored team. It went back and forth with the Bengals game. They were favored. The Bengals are favored. The Chiefs went back to being favored because it hinged upon Patrick Mahomes' ankle. The news that came out where the line would switch on it all the time. But, uh, I think they like being the underdog. I think they like being counted out. This is a team that I can rarely remember a team with such a chip on their shoulder. And to be a very good team and still able to carry that chip on their shoulder. I know Nick Saban in Alabama, was people never really downplayed his team, except two years ago when Georgia won their first of two national titles in a row. You know, they weren't being talked about in the SEC title game. And – Nick Saban called it rat poison because people are talking bad things about their team, and he liked it, and he enjoyed it because they always hear about how good they are. Well, they won that game they ended up losing the national title game. But, uh, you know, I think sometimes it's a good reality check um, for, for players, you know, to be, you know, down if you're watching NFL Live or ESPN Live. And, I mean, I, you have a laundry list of people. People didn't think this team would win the division. You know, before the year, it was going to be the Chargers. It was going to be the Raiders, then the Broncos. And believe it or not, there was a lot of people, you know, in the national media 
you know, seeing the Chiefs had a chance to finish last in the division, which is completely comical, seeing they have the only head coach with any kind of playoff uh, wins, um, which was Andy Reid, and, and they have Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, yet they were downplayed. And I, I think the Chiefs took it to heart. And they're a team that uh, doesn't do a lot of talking. Um, the only time they really have is after the Bengals game because of all the talk the Bengals were talking and all the, and the Cincinnati mayor and all this. The Chiefs actually, you know, peacocked a little bit after that game, but they don't usually do a whole lot of talking. Well, and they deserve to, Jay, after that game because there was a lot of talking on the other side by the Cincinnati Bengals, and it, it felt like the most emotion I've seen out of these guys. Um, you know, I guess Travis Kelsey's always always got something to say. He's he's uh, someone built for this era of media, but everybody it seemed like it seemed like they took that, and especially the idea that maybe Burrow had passed Mahomes that that seemed to to get under their skin last week. No, it really did. The whole Burrowhead comment. I mean, they're making T-shirts. I know our radio station um, has Burrowhead T-shirts with our 610 Sports logo on it. You know, in the jabroni and know your role that Travis Kelsey said. But they took it to heart of, you know, the players after the game going, they want to disrespect Burrowhead and call this Burrowhead and all this. And uh, even Andy Reid, you know, to some extent admitted that that talk fired the Chiefs up. Because usually, you know, teams will, you know, poo-poo it and they'll say, well, it didn't bother us. We didn't listen to it. They heard it. I mean, how many times have you heard in the media, you know, where oh, we didn't listen to it. We don't read the papers. We don't listen to the radio. We don't, they do. And they always do. They always want to know what people say. And you know what? If they're not the ones doing it, it's their wives or it's their girlfriends or it's their friends. It's their family, whatever, texting me and I saying, guess who said this about you? So they know about it. And Patrick Mahomes, I don't know. Remember that uh, Jordan documentary mm-hmm. where it was, I took it personally? Yep. Like that's the one traveling around Kansas City quite a bit with Mahomes sitting there going, well, then I took it personally. Yeah, and it makes sense, and he played like it. He was amazing here. So, Jay, let's talk about this uh, team as a whole. So, they were, you know, not. this was kind of the first people thought maybe they'd go backwards. They lose Tyreek Hill. Obviously, all that was out the window. They won the division, number one seed. But, Jay, compare for us, compare and contrast, compared to the other Super Bowl teams they've had with Reed and Mahomes winning against the Niners. Obviously, they lost to the Bucks. Is this team on par with those teams? Better? G- give us your perspective after watching this full season compared to their other teams in this run the last five years? I think the team is better. I, I think that first Super Bowl, uh, they were kind of an experience, you know, playing with house money at, at that point against the Niners, and, and they fell down each game. I mean, they were down, what, 24 to them, the Texans. They were down double digits in every game, down double digits in the Super Bowl, and found a way to win. Against the, the Buccaneers, a little bit different. I mean, then you're facing Tom Brady in his element, in the offensive line. Just wasn't there. The Buccaneers can get to the could get to the quarterback that year, and the Chiefs had a problem. So they knew that next the next year they were going to have to draft or go out in free agency and fix their offensive line, um, which they did. They only gave up 26 sacks this year, which is 30th in the NFL. Um, so despite the pressures and everything else, but that's what the healthy Mahomes able to escape, escape the pocket and, and the pressure. And of course, Philadelphia gets after the quarterback like no other team. And you know this. I mean, they're number one in the NFL with 70 sacks. Well, the Chiefs are number two in the NFL with 55 sacks. It's a 15-sack difference between one and two, so they can get after them. So clearly, Philadelphia can get better at the quarterback uh, better than those other teams have. But I think the health matters because the Chiefs have a lot of guys on that injury report. It was so bad against the Bengals. They had a player from the practice squad come up and actually make a catch in that game. They had a converted tight end that's been on injured reserve playing wide receiver at different times. They lost Justin Watson, who's their deep play guy this week, was on Ill- illness on Friday, didn't play. Travis Kelsey was the game-time decision. They had a rookie in Sky Moore that they had to have returned punts. 
this was a guy that was essentially benched from returning punts because he muffed a couple during the regular season. They said, okay, it's not what you did in college. You're not doing it. But when Kadarius Tony gets hurt and when McCole Hardman's not playing, they had no choice but to put this guy out there with all that pressure on him to return punts. I do think this team is better, though. And that was one of the key things in the offseason. People say, well, Tyree Kill's gone. What are they going to do? Well, Patrick Mahomes said this in training camp, and so did Andy Reid. He said, we're going to be a different offense. Everything you know about the Chiefs' offense before, it's going to be different. We're going to spread the ball around. We have to. They have one receiver that had over 1,000 yards receiving, and that was the tight end, Travis Kelsey. And that is unbelievable when you think about the number one scoring offense, the number one offense, the number one passing offense, the number one points per drive, a team with just one receiver over 1,000 yards and no 1,000-yard running backs. So when they did it by committee, they had an NFL record, 12 different guys with over 100 yards of offense and two touchdowns. Never been done in the NFL. They completely spread the ball around, and it made it multifaceted. Teams did not know where the football was coming from. They've had more of an emphasis on the running game. They throw the ball a lot more out of the backfield. But it's been guys just stepping up. Not a lot of star power on offense behind Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. It's just guys stepping up, guys that would, like Jerick McKinnon, who had an NFL record six straight games with a touchdown catch, he signed for the league minimum. Chiefs had him last year. They were going to move on from him. It was like June 14th, and they said, okay, come back for one more year. So he came back for one more year on the league minimum, and here he is with nine touchdowns on the season. That's what makes him so scary, I think, is the fact they, they spread the round of the ball so much, and Patrick Mahomes just sees see things that other people don't see, and it's fun to watch him do it, but you know, clearly people thought without Tyree Kill, this team was going to take a step back. Well, they actually took a step forward. Yeah, they're better, and they strike me as more dangerous because you don't know where that football is going. We're talking to Jay Binkley here, host the postgame show, 610 Odyssey Station out in Kansas City. Jay, tell us about the defense here. I mean, halfway through the season, I started to think the Chiefs wouldn't get here because I, I thought their defense was a real issue, and I thought the Bills or the Bengals would, would get them. But it seemed like second half of the year, and Steve Spagnuolo has done this a lot, and, and you know it over the years, in both the Giants, he, you know, he was here in Philadelphia, uh, obviously Kansas City. Those defenses kind of figure it out as the season goes along. Tell us about the defense. A lot of youth in that secondary, it seems like, but uh, they look better to me now than they did maybe eight weeks ago. Oh, 100%. And you know what's funny is Mahomes – this is different than the Josh Allen last year, who had the number one defense. And all these these quarterbacks have number one defenses and top five defenses and top three. It's never been Mahomes. You know, they've been last third in the NFL in defense. However, this year's a little bit different. They finished 11th in the NFL in total defense. Points per game, not as good. They were 16th in the NFL, but number two in sacks. They had 24 more sacks this year than they did a year ago. And that's coming from glitches from the safeties. Uh, from the young corners. Um, Chris Jones did his damage in the middle. They drafted George Karloftis in the first round. He's been getting to the quarterback, especially later here in the season. But they just got better. And I think that pass rush helped this younger secondary. And they have a seventh-round pick, Jalen Watson, that's got an interception in the last two weeks. And this goes to the front office and Brett Beach that did spend time, you know, in Philadelphia as the GM. Because there was a fourth-round pick in a corner – making an interception, a seventh-round pick, making an interception. Isaiah Pacheco, um, their leading rusher, a seventh-round draft pick. So you had three seventh-round draft picks, or excuse me, two seventh-round draft picks. Make a difference in this game, and you got to do that stuff. You're going to win in this league uh, where everybody's got the same amount of money to spend. you got to be smart in the draft room. You have to be able to go out there, identify players, identify talent, 
And that's one thing they've done. And Nick Bolton, the middle linebacker, finishes second in the NFL in tackles. You know, this was a throw-in to the Orlando Brown trade with the Ravens. Uh, Brett Veach, the GM, had come out and said, hey, the year that uh, he was that uh, Nick Bolton was drafted, he's like, okay, second and third round is the hot zone. So Orlando Brown was traded to Kansas City, which was all stupid in and of itself. Why would the Ravens trade the Chiefs the one piece they needed? It's not like the Chiefs would have ever done this to the Patriots. If Belichick called them, they wouldn't have done it. And then they sent pick 58 as well, which turned into Nick Bolton, who ended up being the second-leading tackler in the NFL this year. So the defense has gotten much better, much more confident. Not only that, they're, they're stopping the run. Like, the Chiefs weren't able to stop the run the last couple of years. I mean, they were almost, what, 25th and 32nd. But they're eighth in the NFL in stopping the run. And for a while, they were second, third, fourth. It's kind of slid into. But they're eighth in the NFL at stopping the run. So they definitely have made improvements on this defense. This defense is the best they played in the Super Bowl with. Jay, the, your perspective on the Eagles. What, what's the perception from you after the year they've had? And I'm curious what you think of Jalen Hurts. Obviously, had a great year this year, likely to finish right behind Patrick Mahomes in the MVP voting. But your perception of them, let's say six months ago, as a franchise, as a team, and now you know what it is now before a Super Bowl. Well, I like what they're doing. I always like Nick Sirianni. You know his time here in Kansas City. Um, Jalen Hurts. You know, I had a fun time watching him at Alabama. Saw a lot of his games there. And, of course, at Oklahoma, you saw how good he is. He's a tremendous player. Um, he's tremendous. The, the wide receiving talent uh, with the Eagles. The Eagles are the most solid all-around team in the NFL. When you look at offense, defense, and everything involved, the Eagles, you know, have that. They're the only team that can only boast what the number three offense in the NFL, the number two defense, barely. What was it, a yard and a half difference in the 49ers? I mean, mm-hmm. it was that close. It was that close of a defense to them. But in, in the sacks, the 70 sacks, really stick out. And I know people look at schedules and things like that, but correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't the Eagles 9-1 and one against teams with winning records? They were. I, I think we're at a point now where only two teams ever have had more wins in a season against teams with winning records. So, it's, yeah, they racked up a lot of wins against teams that finished you know above 500 for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a tremendous team. There's a lot of respect from the Chiefs uh, to the Eagles. I mean, almost to a man, they talk about that. And I know there's a lot of, you know, friendships there. A lot of the Chiefs front office is from the Eagles. I mean, their trainer, Rick Burkholder, came over from the Eagles. He's with Andy Reid for 14 years in Philadelphia. Brett Beach, the GM, comes over from Philadelphia. Um, there's a laundry list of players, or excuse me, people in the front office and stuff from Philadelphia. So that those friendships remain. They always have something positive to say about their time in Philadelphia. And then, of course, you have the Kelsey brothers. And you have that podcast they do, which is tremendous. And just the respect that even Jason, who wore a chief shirt you know, during that game, then quickly put the Eagles shirt on afterwards, which was which was funny. But the respect that those guys have for each other. I have a friend that paints cleats in the NFL, um, and he just got finished painting uh, Kelsey's uh, pregame cleats, which are pretty sweet. He's got a picture of him and Jason on one shoe, like now, mm-hmm. and then on the other shoe, the other cleat, it's got uh, Jason and Travis's kid. Uh, oh, when that's great. Playing football, but it's it's pretty sweet. These cleats that uh, Travis will have on there before the game, but. It's a solid football team. I mean, this is the Eagles. There's really no weakness with this team. I mean, that's the thing about it. This is the best team uh, the Chiefs will have faced all year round. Um, 
Jalen Hurts, Craig, what's going on with him? I mean, is his shoulder still there bothering him? It sounds yeah, like it was it, a little bit. Yeah, I actually think, Jay, and for the good of, of football fans, and I, and I think for both of us and everyone in, in each of our cities, I, I think I'm glad we have two weeks because I think Hurts needs sure. it. Um, and I obviously, Patrick Mahomes is dealing with what he's he dealing it. with. So I, I think we just get a better product next Sunday because they get a week off. And yeah, Hurts sprained his shoulder uh, early December, missed two games. Yeah. I have a feeling when this whole thing is done, we'll probably get a report that that sprain was probably more of a grade two or three rather than a grade one. Because at first it was like, yeah, I'll miss a week and it'll be fine. But he's still dealing with this. And, you know, it's been it's been eight, nine weeks now. So whatever it well, is. Well, the running game, too. Yes. In the running game. Yep. I don't know. It, it might affect him a little bit there. But here's the thing. The top two teams are in the Super Bowl. Right? You get the two number one seeds in the Super Bowl. These are the best football teams in the National Football League. Um, I, I hope both teams can get healthy and can go in this as a fair fight um, because I think we're in for a tremendous Super Bowl. Um, two very, very good football teams with great quarterbacks. I agree. So, Jay, let's end with this. I'm you know, curious how you feel about the flow and, and what it might look like next weekend. I mean, we have two teams that had identical, I believe, points per game. I, I saw a graphic the other day. They're both 16-3. and three. Both have scored whatever it is, 546 points this year. Um, so we know the offenses are excellent, but we know the Eagles' defense and pass rush has been very good. You mentioned the Chiefs' defense better and, and really you know, probably underrated when it comes to getting to the quarterback. So what are you expecting? Do you think this is more of a lower-scoring game, maybe goes under the total, or do you think, hey, we got the two MVP candidates at quarterback. You give them two weeks, give these coaches two weeks, we got a shootout next Sunday. What do you think? You know, the minute you think it's going to be an offensive showdown, it's not a defensive showdown. If you think it's a defensive showdown, it's not going to be. I think this game is in the, in the 20s, guys. I know the Chiefs average 29 points a game. Um, the Eagles really close to 28 points a game. I think it's 27 to 24. Something like that. I think we're looking at, at a game in the mid twenties, which isn't you know thirties and forties and all these things. But you know the Super Bowl sometimes it gets out of hand. It's just what it does. But I think we're in for a trade. And I think it's I think it's a field goal game, and I think it's in the twenties. I love it. It should be a lot of fun. Jay, really appreciate you hopping on and uh, enjoy the game next weekend, and have a great uh, post game show. Thank you, fellas. You guys take care, and uh, let's enjoy the game. There we go. Jay Binkley, 610 Sports Radio out in Kansas City, our Odyssey station, hosts the post-game show out there. I guess you can call him there, Rob Ellis. I mean, I don't know what else he does, but, yeah, I mean, Rob hosts our post-game show. So, yeah, I appreciate it, Jay, hopping on there. And it's interesting to hear the way he talks about the Eagles. A lot of respect coming from that side of it, but also – I mean, they're confident. I mean, they should be confident. They're the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're underdogs, which still has it set in. Have you noticed how many callers this week to this show, I'm sure it's happening to all the shows, are calling for a blowout? Does that make you as uneasy as it makes me? Like, it's Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Yeah, I felt this way the last couple weeks, especially working with TK, who's coming up at 10 o'clock. It felt like the last two weeks, like, the Eagles should blow them out, right? The Giants, they're a much better team on paper. And then even the 49ers, I felt if they got up early, they could blow them out, and obviously we didn't anticipate that happening. But both weeks I felt there must be a catcher. There must be something that we're missing, and obviously it wasn't. And going into next week, I feel similar. Like, you look at every matchup on paper, the Eagles are a much better team than the Chiefs, but you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side who I think is the great equalizer. Like, that's the catch. That's the thing you're missing is perhaps the greatest quarterback of his generation and maybe a guy who will go down as the greatest quarterback ever standing on the other sideline. Well, it's it's two things. It's it's the court, You can't have a bigger quarterback difference between this game and what they faced the last two games. I mean, even if you think Daniel Jones is decent, I mean, come on, it, it's it's night and day. So that's that's different. And also you have a quarterback who we know is great 
who has a great weapon. They, they may not have Tyree Kill anymore, but has anyone ever looked at how, what Travis Kelsey does in the postseason? I mean, his average game in the playoffs is like nine catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. I mean, this guy dominates the postseason. And I know he was banged up, but obviously it didn't affect him that much in the game, so he, he played. I mean, they have they have things that scare me about this game. And I just – do you think some of this is because they were blown out in a Super Bowl a couple years ago? The Bucks are by – I just – I think we're misremembering what happened in that game. At least I, that's my perception of this. Because I've heard people say, well, that, remember when the Bucks blew them out, they had a great pass rush. Didn't the Chiefs have tackle injuries? Their tackles were hurt. Yeah, but their offensive line was banged up. And if you go Holmes. back and watch that game and watch some of the highlights, there were a lot of dropped passes. Like, there were a lot of plays that Mahomes made. And I think I saw an NFL Films thing someone posted on Twitter last week, two weeks ago. Where the Buccaneers' defense and their offense on the sideline in between drives kept saying, I don't know how Patrick Mahomes is doing this. Even though they only put up nine points, even though receivers kept dropping passes, I mean, he was diving and throwing 40-yard bombs to guys in the back of the end zone, and they were just dropping it. Yeah, and I think you have to also take this to account. So their offensive line is better than it was a couple years ago. And I think the Eagles will get some pressure and get some sacks. But this season, despite leading the NFL in passing yards, and he threw it 648 times, Patrick Mahomes was only sacked 26 times. Like, that offensive line is better than it was, you know, back then when they had that bad Super Bowl. Plus, you're getting rid of the ball a lot quicker. Right. Not waiting for long-developing plays for Tyreek Hill, 50 yards downfield. So it's the combination of both. He was the Chiefs, or I guess just would say Mahomes, because this only counts his his snaps. Third best sack percentage in the NFL. Only took a sack on 3.9% of his, his attempts. The only guys better were Brady and Jared Goff. Two, I mean, two guys that have to get rid of the football, right? Like, they, they can't hold it because they can't move back there. So, I, I just – I don't think this is going to be as easy. I hope it is. I don't think it will be. 215-592-9494. That's how you get aboard. Andy Reid. It's it's not just a Super Bowl. It's Andy Reid. This one means more to me because it is Reid. We'll come back. Your phone calls. Does this mean more to you? We have explicit history with the Eagles and the Super Bowls over the years with our best highlights and favorite highlights from all that. And when we get back, let you hear this one here. As Fletcher Cox spoke today, talking about Jalen Hurts, his leadership, and what makes him the leader he is. Hear that next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. That gets you aboard on this Friday night. It's a weird Friday night. Um, I mean, it's exciting. We're almost there. I head out to uh, to Phoenix on Sunday. 
I'm actually found out today I'm on the same flight as Ike. So uh, I'm looking forward to people. Do you wrecking- want to sit next to Ike or are you hoping you sit away from Ike? Well, I mean, I, I don't mind sitting next to Ike. We can hang out and talk. But I, I do think I do think it's going to be funny when obviously he will get recognized very early. And I, I can, I mean, maybe someone will recognize me or like someone will say, oh, is that? But I can easily just blend in and most likely, even if it's our listeners, they won't like recognize my face. I think you should board after Ike, and then when you pass him in the plane, go, hey, oh, my God, it's Ike Reese. <laughs> no, that'd be so – well, then, I mean, not that he will mind or I will mind if someone's – if you, and listen, if you're flying out Sunday and you see Ike, I'm sure – say hi. That's great. And he wouldn't mind that, but, yeah, then he can't be conspicuous and just kind of be to himself and hang out and, and – um, what do you do on a plane? What, what's, your, what's your plane thing? I think it depends on the length of the plane. Like, if it's, like, three or four hours, I'll probably watch a movie. Mm-hmm. And then listen to, to some music after. If it's early in the morning, more often than not, I just end up falling asleep. Yeah, so I'm not sure how I'm going to play this. So when I flew to uh, to Houston for the World Series, it was really early. But I had a lot of coffee that morning because I, I needed to wake up as I was getting there. And like I, I needed to get myself awake to get there on time. So then I was all buzzed up on coffee and I couldn't fall asleep. And I just was, I don't know what I did, but I, I didn't. I just sat there. And I didn't do much. Maybe I read a little bit. But this one's a little bit later. I think the flight's at 10.30. So I'm a 10.30 nap. It's a weird time for, to fall asleep. It is a weird time to fall asleep. Yeah. Maybe I'll read. What I, are you I, reading these days? Well, I have some. I have a couple books. I, 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 I like to read, but football season, I just, I'm bad at it. I just, I'm tired at the end of the night. So I, I don't read as much. I have a... Um, I have a Malcolm Gladwell book that I was I was reading a couple months ago and paused. I don't know. Now I'm thinking. I heard Elliot today saying he was uh, going to buy new new clothes. I might go buy a book tomorrow. There you go. Elliot buys a new suit. You buy you buy a new book. Well, listen. I, I've got. I think it's like four and a half hours or something to that extent to get to Phoenix. I've got, that's like nine hours of flying over the next week. Wow, I didn't think about it like that. I know. What am I going to do for nine? And, and I'm I'm not someone who ever sits. Like I don't sit still. Like, I'm doing a show, so I'm sitting doing this, but, like, we're doing a show. Same thing when I do the BetQL show in the morning, or I'm up. I'm moving around or doing – like, I, I don't do – do you do well sitting? I, I'm I'm a bad sitter unless I'm captivated by a show or a movie. I'm just – I get up and I move. I'm not good at sitting. Yeah, and I don't need – I can't even, like, just watch one thing anymore. Like, I have multiple TVs now yeah. in my living room, so if I'm sitting down hanging out, like, I'm watching – NFL Network, and I'm watching a sitcom on another TV. Like, I'm watching multiple things at once in the background. I have trouble sitting down and just kind of focusing. And for four and a half hours, that's that's quite a bit of time. I know. Uh, you know what I might pick up? I haven't I haven't read it yet. I know you read it. Uh, Ray's book, right? Yeah, well, maybe. You can text Jack Fritz and ask him for it because he borrowed my copy like a year ago, and I haven't gotten it back. <laughs> I never came back. I think he borrowed it for a plane trip he was going on. He was going— it, I know exactly what it was. It was the week after the Super Bowl last year, and he went to Hawaii. And he texted me and said, can I borrow your copy of Ray's book? And I brought it in, and I, I haven't seen it since. I should have thought. We, if we had this conversation last night, I could have placed this message to him. But now I'm not going to see him because he's flying out later than me. So I, I, And he's staying later than you? Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with, with, with the whole situation. So, so we have myself, Elliot, Marks, Reese, and Rod will all be pr- – and Howard. It's quite, a, it's quite a crew we're sending out um, – to uh to, to Phoenix next week. So yeah, so I, I think I've lost my chance to get your book from him. Yesterday was the day to put that request in. I bet will they sell Ray's book at the airport? 
They might. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll probably have to pay 20 extra bucks for the book if it's at the airport, but whatever. I, I'd pay I, like 20 extra bucks because it's an autographed copy. Couldn't you just got him to autograph it? Yeah, it was just the store I was at. That oh. was all they had. I'm just saying, like, we know him. Like, he would yeah, sign like, the book. Yeah, like, I'm sure it it would have been weird, like, asking a coworker to autograph something. But yeah, I'm but sure he would have been gracious about it. I, I think if you write a book and your coworkers ask you to sign it, I don't... Is it weird? I mean... Should we write a book? About what? I don't know. That's the tough part. Well, that's getting started, yeah, yeah. isn't it? I mean, I th- well, I think you need to have an idea first. That's usually where this publishing thing works, I'd imagine. All right, 215-592-9490. If you have any ideas for me on the plane, I, I haven't flown much. Um, I went. To, uh, I was went to Houston for the World Series for WIP, but I haven't just... Didn't you go to San Diego for the NLCS? No. Bryce Harper saved me from that trip. I was, yeah, I was at the airport sitting outside the terminal getting ready to go. Bryce hits the home run, went home. So I almost... What if they went to extra innings? Well, that was the debate I was having in the car because, I mean, the flight, I believe, was at 7.30 and was it the home run around 6 o'clock? Yes. We were pushing it. I mean, we were pushing. We were at, I was at the limit, I thought, already. Like, I got to get in there, go through security and all that stuff because I don't know what the rule is, but you probably should, I would think, give yourself at least an hour of all that nonsense to get yourself so you don't miss the flight. So I was pushing it anyway. If the game went to extra innings, I think we had come up with a plan that I was not going to go because there was a sense of fear that I would be in the air as they won an extra innings and and would land in San Diego with nothing to do besides come back. My dream sequence would have been you get on the plane and as you're pushing back from the terminal, Bryce Harbor hits a walk-off home run. So, And then you have to celebrate and sit on the plane for five hours on the way to San Diego. Or cause some sort of Odell Beckham Jr. scene to get off the plane. Get let me off right now. I don't want to go. Um, no, this this one, the the bye week this time certainly make th- made things a lot easier. I mean, Howard has said it plenty of times. You can't have this kind of event without the bye week. Um, but it's made things easier, obviously, for uh, for all of us traveling. So I'm excited. But if you have any um, tips for me, two one five five nine two nine four nine four, or send me a message here. I, I I'm not good at sitting still. If you have any book recommendations, I'll take those. I mean, can you choose the movie you watch? Or do you have to watch like this the the flight movie? I didn't watch I didn't watch any movies. So last the last time I flew on like American Airlines or mm-hmm. one of the the big airlines, you could if you connected to like their in flight Wi Fi, you could watch whatever they had available. They had like twenty movies you could watch, and you could also watch live TV because I flew back on like a Sunday night, so I could watch Sunday Night Football on my way back. I did that from the World Series. I watched uh, the Steelers and the Eagles live in in my seat, which is pretty cool. I mean, like to, to watch a live NFL game, like I didn't. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Yeah, I just I guess it was it was so long before my last fight, before the one in October or November, whatever date it was, um, that I didn't even know that was possible. I because I just thought it was like you watch movies or whatever. So I am looking forward to the whole trip. And um, so you've been to Arizona, right? You've been there before. Yes, I went to Arizona three summers ago. So what, four what, summers ago. What's your what's your Arizona take? I think it's really beautiful. I, I we stayed in Flagstaff which is like 8,000 feet above sea level. We went to the Grand Canyon for a few days. We hiked in Sedona for a few days. I just think the landscape there is the complete opposite of what you see here. Everything is rocks. There's mountains everywhere. I thought it was really cool. I'd love to go back maybe when it isn't like 115 degrees every day. So you were there in the summer. Yeah, which I know it's a dry heat, and that does affect things, but it honestly feels like you're walking around in an oven. 
Well, I mean, so it won't obviously be that hot now. I think it's like about 70s next week, so, you know, upper 60s, uh, mid 70s during the day and I guess mid 40s at night or, or when I wake up in the morning. So that's fine, whatever. But I am not complaining about leaving this cold. Today was cold. We haven't had a day like this in a while around here where it's like, you don't want to be outside. It was absolutely ridiculously cold weather. All right, 215-592-9494 to hop in. Um, look, here's the way I feel about this and this matchup against Andy Reid. Whether or not you like Andy Reid or not, and I was an Andy Reid appreciator. I, I, I donned the T-shirt proudly a few years ago. I appreciated Andy. I was rooting for him in the Super Bowl, all that stuff. That That's all great. But this now going against him is a different thing for me. It's not about hating him or liking him, respecting him, whatever. I mean, you, everyone, we all have different emotions on Andy Reid. Bottom line is this. It was a divorce after the 2012 season, a divorce between two proud parties, a great coach and, and an outstanding franchise. And this game will determine which, which party won the divorce. I mean, look, at the, look at the resumes. Look at both teams since the divorce. Andy has had more game-to-game win, you know, winning percentage success, been in more Super Bowls, but he only has one. And the Eagles have had a little bit less success, but they've built two different Super Bowl teams, and if they win this one, they'll have two rings to his one and have beaten him. It, it, it is, this means more the way I feel and the way I look at it because it's Reed on the other side. I can't pretend. I, I think it's a lot of pretending out there. Like, ah, it's just it's just the game. So, yeah, he's on the other side. No, it's not. It's Andy Reid on the other side. It, this, it, it's not like they're playing the Bengals or they're playing the Dolphins or they're playing the Bills or whoever. They're not. They're playing Andy Reid. Someone that, that we all had and, and everyone that listens to this radio station had real emotions on for 14 years. So this one means a lot. And I do think, and I don't think this is being discussed enough, maybe next week it will be brought up more as the game itself comes into focus and, and, and the meaning of the game. I believe the winner of this game will have the claim of being the team of this era in the NFL. You know, the Chiefs, I guess by default, have it right now because they've been at three Super Bowls. They have a ring. They, you know, they've kind of trumped the Bills who are trying to take it. They've, they've trumped the, the Bengals who are trying to take it. They've had more success in terms of uh, of the postseason than the Rams who are close-ish. They beat the Niners in the Super Bowl who have been close-ish. But the Eagles, kind of out of nowhere, are back on this stage second time in six seasons. If the Eagles win this, I mean, I think we all agree the Patriots have fallen off the pedestal. They're no longer looked at as the team of this era. Those Those times are dead. You have the Bucks. They they had a very brief rise up with, with Brady, but that's over, and this year they weren't even that good. I mean, who else would even put in that mix? Like, if you had to rank the best teams of the, of the last six years in the NFL, the Chiefs would be one. And, you know, right now, heading into the game, you might say the Rams maybe could be two, but it's had a really bad year, and they only, they've been there once. They won it once. The Bengals, no way. I mean, they haven't done enough and only got to one and didn't win it. The Bills, more hype than actual substance when it comes to this conversation. The Eagles get themselves in the mix. And I think the Niners would have been, you know, three title games in four years, kind of a default answer. The Eagles just beat the Niners in a, in a, in a game to get to the Super Bowl. So they move ahead of them as they've been at two Super Bowls now. The Niners only won. You know, if, if I'm ranking them the best franchise in the NFL the last six years, I have to put... I have to put the Eagles right behind the Chiefs right now with the Rams in that mix too because the Rams have made multiple Super Bowls. But that's that's what we're talking about. And if the Eagles win this game and get their second ring, they will have the most championships in the NFL in this period we're talking about. That that is not not that's not nothing we just pretend to exist. And if the Chiefs win, 
Well, I mean, they cement themselves as obviously the team of this era. Two rings, five AFC championship games in a row, you know, three trips to the Super Bowl. They, they would push, pull away from the Eagles when it comes to, you know, the team of this era. So the, the, you, there's that specter of it. It's the Reed thing. It's the Chiefs-Eagles thing. It's the divorce. It, it all plays itself in. I, I really believe this means more because it's Andy Reid on the other side. 215-592-9494. All right, the other thing I was thinking about was this. So um, Fletcher Cox today was talking about Jalen Hurts. I want to play this for you because th- this was, you know, it's interesting to hear. I want to actually play two things Fletcher said. One on Hurts, and then one on the differences between 2017 and 2012. Because I, I thought it was interesting the way he framed a couple of these things. But first, let's hear him talking about Jalen Hurts and why he is the leader he is at such a young age for this football team. Uh, his approach, number one, the way he approached things, the way he approached the team when he's speaking. Um, he's, you know, he's never, he's always the same Jalen every time you see him. He don't get too high, he don't get too low. And uh, you can't help but um, respect a guy like that, you know. Even when times things are going, you know, our way or his way, you know, you never see him really frustrated. You never see him streaming at each other on the sideline, the streaming at a teammate for, you know, maybe messing something up or it didn't go the way that he wanted it to go. And um, when you got to play, when you got your quarterback is like that, uh, you, you definitely want to go out there and play harder for him. I, I thought it was interesting how he framed that. I mean, do we think he's talking about any teammates of the past or is it just in general or things he's noticed around the league? I mean, it's just that that was a unique way he brought it up, that he doesn't scream at anyone, get upset at anyone, things don't go bad. So a, a way he kind of framed Jalen Hurts' leadership here and, and always steady. But then listen to this. Fletcher talking about 2017, 2022. Earlier he, he did say he thought the 2017 team would win, but here he's talking about the difference between the two teams, 2017, 2022, the rosters, the makeup of the team. It's just—it's really hard to compare those two teams. It was so many different personalities, you know, and that's the biggest thing. Um, this team have the personalities are way different, um, you know, from the 2017 team to this team, um, and you know they're really good teams. And the biggest thing about it is now we're only really good, you know, really good players, but really good dudes, like really good teammates. And I think that's that's really the most important part of kind of what got us, you know, to this point uh, because nobody in that locker room thinks that they're better than the next person. And when you got that, I mean, it's hard to beat guys that connect and compete the way that we do. Now, I, I'm not like he he did. He has expressed publicly that he's a friend. He likes Carson Wentz. He was kind of the, one of the ones that did over the years. But that I just thought about that. Like no one. They're all good dudes. They all like each other. I, I just wonder as time goes on, that 2017 team, like it just was interesting the way he framed that. Like it, it seems because I know in the past Howard has said that the 2017 team was as close as any group he ever was around. I'm not sure if the same is, applies to this team, but this team seems to have a there, – there's something unique, I think, about this team's work ethic. Like, they're grinders, they, their work ethic, and they just – seems like they don't need to be told to do the right thing. They're always seemingly – like, their headspace has always been the right place all year. This team seems more business-like. Yeah, that's a good way to frame it. I just – it feels like every game they go out and they take care of business and they move on. You don't see – Big, loud celebrations. Now I like that about the 2017 team when they had all those choreographed celebrations after every touchdown and every turnover. But this team, they show up on Sunday, they kick some ass, and then they move on to the next week. And, you know, as we talk about them being such great teammates and all the camaraderie between, you know, the 2017 Eagles and now this team, also makes me think back to 2020 when you weren't allowed to hang out with your teammates. Right? I think mm. Jason Kelsey has talked about this quite a bit. What went wrong with that team is – they were trying to turn over a lot of people on that roster, and 
They weren't allowed to eat lunch together. They weren't allowed to live together. They weren't allowed to hang out together. Everyone was pretty much isolated and on their own. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why that team fell apart so quickly is they didn't have a chance to gel because they weren't allowed within six feet of each other. Yeah, I, I, oh, I do think there are some things that we've evolved with with sports, right? Like teams were able to get through the pandemic. Like they could learn a playbook or a play on Zoom, right? All that stuff that we had to do back then and the NFL had to do. But there are some things you cannot replicate. You can't replicate the bond between teammates eating together, working out together. Like that stuff, it's real, and nothing can replicate it. Like you either have that bond together or you don't, and then you go this deep into a season. I mean, these guys have been together basically every day, except maybe they get the one day off a week since July. I mean, it's they do have a bond that, that is just different. But they're, they're more workmanlike. Yeah, that 2017 team, remember the, the celebrations in the uh, the locker room after they won the the – Falcon game and the Viking game. This one, like the biggest celebration seemed to be Jalen Hurts smoking a cigar at his locker. Like they were happy. They celebrated this one way more than the Giants one. That one was definitely like just it's just a game. This one they celebrated, but even this celebration, I like we haven't seen any like videos of of dancing or then Lurie was dancing in the locker room the last time. Yeah, and I also wonder if it's just the pedigree of these guys, right? That 2017 team famously were underdogs, and you had a lot mm-hmm. of guys who had been in the NFL for a while and hadn't won anything, and now you look at this team, and most of the older guys have won before, and they won here before, and the younger guys are from places like Alabama, right, and Temple, and other programs that won a lot and what? when they were in what. No, I, I thought you said I, I. You said Alabama and Georgia, right? No, I, I didn't. Hey, we can throw Georgia in there if you want. If you want to add Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis, but they've come from places that have won. They've experienced a lot of success, and I don't think they're necessarily phased by conference titles. Yeah, there's. It, I mean, it feels like they're a college football power now. Well, five years ago, they were still finding their way as uh, you know, like when the teams move up conferences. Like five years ago, they were like new to the Big 12 or whatever, the SEC. Now, like, they're a power within the con- – like, they, there's a different feel. I, I hope that means they come out without any sort of wide eyes in the Super Bowl because the Chiefs, that's the one thing – and I mentioned this the other night with Howard. The one, if I'm worried about one thing, these coaches have never gone through – any of them, maybe except Stoutland, but, you know, he's, he's not a coordinator on this team. They've never gone through the week. Like, all of Andy's guys, Biennemi, himself, Spagnolo, they know how to handle the preparation of Super Bowl week. These guys don't. Yeah, and I was listening to Patrick Mahomes' press conference yesterday, I guess it was. Him and Hurts both talked yesterday, mm-hmm. and he mentioned, yeah, we're just going to roll with the same plan we did the previous two times. Me and Chad Henney, who was his backup quarterback both of those years, We've already got everything figured out. We've discussed with Andy what our game plan is, and I think what they're going to do is they're going to practice like one day later every day this week. So they're practicing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then they'll you know gather everything and, and head to Arizona on Sunday. But, yeah, you look at this team, and it is something that I don't know if it's worrisome, but it's something we talked about last year when they hired Sirianni, and they brought in a coaching staff that was incredibly young across the board. Is they're going to reach points where – they don't have somebody to lean on, right? They're going to reach a, a situation where they look around the room and no one can raise their hand and say, oh, I did this before. Oh, when we were with this team, we did X, Y, and Z. And that could be a huge advantage for the Chiefs. And we know what Andy Reid's record is in big games and, mm-hmm. and Super Bowls, but we also know what his record is off a of bye. And I don't know. If there's one coach I don't want to face off a of bye, it's Andy Reid. And I look at Nick Sirianni and how they've played coming off byes, how they've played coming off you know, early season and, and breaks and stuff. 
it is worrisome. I'm like, I could see the Chiefs jumping out to a big lead early if the Eagles are flat. It's 27 and four, by the way. Andy Reid is 27 and four off the bye. Also, wild. He's played 31 games off the of bye. Well, yeah, it's been 1999 was was not yesterday. So he's he's been around a long time doing what he does. But 27 and four off the bye. But I will I'll we'll end the show tonight making you feel better with at least this statistic. While he's 27 and four off the bye, you know, two of those losses are in the Super Bowl. Right. So. You know, so it's this buy is not quite the same as a buy in the regular season, where maybe he has an advantage over a team not coming off a buy, right? The Eagles or the Chiefs off their buy, playing an opponent not off a buy. That's an inherent advantage, and he's really good at, at scheming and thinking things. Sure, it's not like it means he doesn't lose a Super Bowl. He obviously has, as we've gone through some explicit history cuts tonight. So, so that just keep that in mind. When that, I'm sure that's that'll be out there a lot over the next week. All right, that means the next time we talk. Will be Monday evening, and I'll be uh, I'll be live on Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona. So I'm looking forward to it, and um, it's going to be a fun week. I mean, I, I'm excited. So media night will be going on about the same time I'll be doing the show Monday night, and then and then we'll, I guess next week it's going to start to feel real. This week still felt removed from the game. I think once you get to the week before the Super Bowl and everyone's down there and you have all the the pomp and circumstance. I think we're going to feel it. Yeah, I think media night will feel it. Um, I also think as the practice reports start coming out and we start hearing things from the practice and how injury got injured guys like today, you know, Vontae Maddox was back in the boot. Was that just cautionary? We'll see. Um, and we'll see how he is next week. But, yes, I'm, I'm excited for it. So everyone have a great weekend. Uh, and I'll talk to you guys Monday through Thursday this coming week live from Radio Row and Phoenix. Obviously, I'll be on after Mark Cerise. Excited to be out there. Excited to be part of this thing for WIP. And I'm also excited to be listening. We have Boomer Valenti coming up next. And then after that, we have Tom Kelly and I believe special guest Ray Didinger joining the show tonight. So big night coming up on WIP. You guys enjoy it. We'll talk Monday evening and I'll be live from Phoenix on Sports Radio 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.